0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. We've got the latest on the Ed Brown situation coming up for you tonight. It's mm-hmm. uh, It was breaking news earlier today. Luckily, it turned out a little better than we'd uh, expected. They are we'll holed you, up there in New Hampshire. Well, they're still hold up. Uh, we'll give you the latest there in a moment. But first to the phones, it is Sam in Texas on the Amplifier line. Hey, Sam.
1: Uh, actually, this is uh, Jason. I'm one of Sam's buddies.
0: Oh, hi, Jason. What's uh, what's going on?
1: Well, uh, Sam recently introduced me to your radio show. I want to tell you about. I heard a lot of good things from you guys, and uh, I wanted to tell you about an experience that my wife recently had here in a okay. small town in North Texas. Okay. Well, what happened was my uh, wife was pulled over by a small town police department who uh, was doing the click it and ticket campaign. Ah, yes. So <laughs> well, uh, they...
2: little little mandatory fundraising.
1: Yes, yes, exactly, and uh, this small town, we actually just got a police force uh, this year.
2: Well, of course they did, because it's a good way to give out tickets and raise funds.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more.
2: Right, they're not out there investigating murders or uh, robberies or anything like that. They're giving out tickets.
1: Yeah, You're exactly right, and kind of the interesting thing that happened with my wife during the Click It and Ticket campaign is she was actually wearing her seatbelt. The uh, police officer just said she was wearing it the wrong way.
2: The wrong way. Uh-oh. Did she have it up underneath her arm she or something?
1: It, exactly. She had it up underneath her a arm. A lot
2: of people find, especially shorter people, Um, you know, I don't know how tall your wife is or anything, but uh, a lot of shorter people find it very difficult to have a seatbelt on because the darn thing runs right across their face.
1: But you're exactly right. My wife, she's a uh, very small woman. She's about 5'2 and 100 pounds. Mm. Yep. So, a little uh, lady. Yeah. She, you know, the police officer uh, gave her the ticket, and it said clearly that she wasn't wearing her seatbelt when she challenged that and said she was. He said, well... You're getting a a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, and you can go to the uh, courthouse and talk to them about that. Well, right. When that happened, uh, being a small town, we went to uh, straight to the police department when I got home and spoke with the chief. And his response, I think, was what was most shocking. Uh, He told
2: you you can go to the courthouse too.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But what happened when I when I spoke with the uh, the the, uh, police chief was he told me uh he told us that you know because she was wearing it wrong that's why she got the ticket. And when I said, well, you know, it's all right as US citizens to have a trial by uh you know, of jury, uh jury of peers, sure. uh he said he couldn't believe that we would uh take one of his two police officers off uh off duty so uh so we could challenge something. Right, like they're this. making what the
2: road douche. they're making the road so much safer though, Sam yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You you must be able to see the difference in your town and the, on the safety of the roads. Because, I mean, just recently they added the police force,
0: so the, the roads must be significantly safer now, right? Oh, of course. He can't believe it. What indignation. Uh, he can't believe it that you would challenge one of his officers in court. Well, I can't believe it that your officer's out there pulling people over for seatbelt violations when he could be doing something valuable with his time. Like, you know... I don't know. Investigating around the office? crime? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's a small town. I doubt there's much crime it, to it, investigate. But,
2: but that's the thing, though. If I'm going to play, pay for a police force, there are plenty of unsolved crimes in his town, whether it's burglaries, whether it's um, assaults, whatever it is. There's right. plenty of them out there. Why aren't the police tracking down these cold leads looking for things like that? I feel like that's a better that's use of their time. That's because, why, right there. Because oh, I, I couldn't speeding agree with with tickets more. mean
0: money.
1: And one of the interesting things about that is, uh, you, you know, you had mentioned small petty crimes. We had a, a case of teenage kids vandalizing, spray painting cars. Right. Instead of handling something like that uh, that was of importance to the citizens, they decided that uh, mm. you know they would try to uh, issue as many tickets over the holiday weekend as they could.
2: Sure, you know, I mean, because if you catch the thing is, is if you catch those teenagers. What does it do for your bottom line if you're the police department? Uh, absolutely nothing. It does yeah. nothing. I mean, you you make the, the community safer, but really, isn't money what motivates everybody in this
1: world? I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, right. That's exactly the reason right. I go to work.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the difference between uh, us and them, of course, Mark, is that we go to work in the hopes that, you know, our efforts will produce money on a voluntary basis. Right. People in that- give
2: us money because they, they like our product, whereas right. the police... They go to work to give out tickets,
0: and if you don't pay, you're going to jail. Right. So what was the rest of your encounter with the police chief like? Did it end there with well, his after indignation?
1: He, after he said that, uh, you know, I kind of laughed uh, and said I, I couldn't believe that that was his stance, but that if, uh, if that's the way he felt, I thought it was uh, our our duty as a family to, uh, to go ahead and, and take it to court and, you know, see what happens. Good for
0: him. you. What do you expect to happen? When's this scheduled for?
1: Well, actually, uh, my wife just—I just spoke to her recently, and she went in and got a court date, and it's going to be in about four weeks. So, now we're hmm. interested to see what happens with. And quite honestly, I think it's going to be—you uh, know—I think any reasonable person would throw it out when they look at the circumstances, uh, you know, behind the issue. She clearly was wearing her seatbelt.
0: Yeah, but you're in a small town, and, I mean, first of all, it's unlikely, I think, that even in a bigger area that you would have that case thrown out, because the law is the law, my friend. Well, he, he still deserves deserve a jury trial, and I say, that, I say you take it all the way to the door. Uh, I agree, um, absolutely. I mean, if you can afford to do it, if you've got the time, and that's not a problem, I think you should. But, again, you're you're dealing with small-town politics here, and you live in the town, so you know it better than I do, but you know the impression that I get from a lot of small-town governments is is that the police chief is probably friends with the judge in this particular sure, case. Sure, they hang
2: out with the judge, but there's going to be 12 people, his peers, sitting on that will jury Will you get a
0: jury trial? Well,
1: I, I, we will, and the good thing about it is because we're such a small town, it's going to actually be a, uh, a jury that they'll pull from the county. We don't actually have a a, a, a city uh, a city judge or anything mm-hmm. like that. So uh, I believe the uh, you know when we go to jury trial, they'll pull the uh, jury from from the whole county.
0: Well, I'd say go for. I mean, you certainly don't have anything to lose. I presume you're going to represent yourself. Yes, sir.
2: You know, when they make these mandatory seatbelt laws, you know, they just pass. It doesn't cost them anything. They just pass some law somewhere um, with the legislature. But, you know, it seems like when you're talking about people who, I, I, you know, not to demean your wife in any way, but she's 5'2", so you could call that a quote-unquote disability. Shouldn't the state be handing out, uh, you know, the uh, some kind of device that changes seatbelts um, that you have to put in your car and give them away free to everybody who has, you know, the disability of being under 5'4", or something like that?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that, but uh, that might be something worth bringing up. Yeah,
2: you, know, you shouldn't be obligated to go out and buy one of these things for
0: yourself it's their law they passed it here's the other thing i'm concerned about i mean i, I really what i'd like to know um jason is when this happens uh, you said what when was it again
1: it happened last friday
0: when's the this court trial
1: uh in about i think she said six weeks
0: okay give us uh do me a favor try to call us back afterwards and let us know how it goes yeah we're interested i'm c- i'm concerned though that um as a result of you sort of harassing the police officer by forcing him to show up for this trial i mean obviously you could tell that the police chief was upset by this um i'm concerned you're going to experience some retaliation on the part of the cops i don't know what sort of form that may take but if they're really irritated by this you know having to show up at court and everything then they may try to pull you over again they may um you know trump you up on some charges Uh, uh, that's just what I'm concerned with because I've heard some awful stories about small town uh small town police. But you're never going to be able to stop a bully if you don't stand up to him. That's true. Uh,
1: and that that's the way I feel. I, I feel for uh for far too long uh we've we've been very passive about things as a uh you know, society in in general letting the uh, the government get away with too many things and and you know I I feel like we're just doing our small part to stand up and say hey, we don't believe this is right and uh, there's a better use of uh not only your time, but also the taxpayers' money.
0: Good good for you, uh, Jason. I, I Congratulations on having the courage to uh, to do that, to stand up against uh, the system. Even though you are technically using the system, you're not really standing up against the yeah, system right? itself. Yes, that's true, Yeah. But but nonetheless, it still takes some courage to do what you're doing, especially in a small-town po- uh, political environment where everybody knows everybody else, and uh, this could come back to bite you. So good luck. Let us know what happens, and thanks for the story. We appreciate oh. hearing from you. 800 259 one is the Seiko CAI toll free line. You know, it's hard to fight a, uh, a battle like that when you're so far away from other people that could lend support to you. I mean, if it's just you and your wife, you know, it's it's not as easy as if it's you, your wife, and ten Free State Project members. Um, I think that if I were in his shoes, and I didn't ask him if he was going to be moving to the uh, to New Hampshire, but if I were in his shoes. I'd try to stay under the radar. I, would, uh, wouldn't ju- I wouldn't rock the boat. I know you would, but I, if, if I was I'd,
2: upset about it, I would stand up and I'd take it to trial. Yeah.
0: Then I'd move to New Hampshire and stand up here. I'd make the stand for liberty here, because it makes a lot more sense to do it where there are people nearby that are going to stand with you, especially if something goes wrong. 800-259-9231, and something almost went wrong earlier this afternoon at Ed Brown's house in Plainfield, New Hampshire. We will give you the latest on his case Here in moments with your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. 800 259 9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll free. At 800 259 9231, that's the SACL CAI toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark, 1 800 259 9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free so you can enjoy those including archives and entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience grab them up for free at freetalklive.com and wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be a personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana go to nevergetbusted.com to view clips of the recently released dvd that's gained world attention nevergetbusted.com let's go to the phones to triddle in washington you're on free talk live hey triddle, triddle.
3: Well, good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Hey there, good, sir.
0: What's on your mind tonight?
3: Okay, I've got a personal problem. Okay. Uh, I am the victim of identity theft.
4: Oh, dear. No. How did it happen?
3: Uh, well, I don't entirely know, and that's kind of the problem. To okay. start, we got to go back about seven years when the first time this happened to me. And typically, when you have identity theft, what you're supposed to do is wait until you find out and then either submit affidavits of fraud or police records, to the debt collectors, and they'll remove the debt from your name and take it off your credit report, and everything should be fine, and you continue on with your life.
2: Sounds like a big old pain, but okay.
3: It's a huge pain, and this is what I did the first time. Well, here we are, like I said, six years later, and it's happened to me again.
4: Mm.
3: And um, I went through, and I'm jumping through the hoops to get this solved again, and I decided that what this is is purely a reactionary tactic to the problem. And instead of being reactive, I want to be proactive. I want to stop this from happening again in the future. Mm. And from all of the research I've been doing, um, I I have not found a simple solution yet, or any solution. Um, I'm hoping that either you guys can help me out or one of the listeners can help me out and give me some ideas. And I'll tell you what I've done so far so we don't try to duplicate effort here. All right. Um, First thing I did was contact my local police department, And they took a report. Um, They basically told me that, you know, this is not likely to be solved and I should pretty much forget about it. Um, uh, From there, I contacted the debt collector, and I'm in the process of solving it with them. And then I started realizing I should try to be proactive. So I contacted the FBI because this is an interstate matter, and when it comes to interstate matters, of course, you have to deal with the federal government Yeah. well. The FBI has absolutely no concern at all. Um, They won't do anything until the matter is in an amount of about a half a million dollars, and I'm not anywhere near that. Um, So I got to thinking, well, what if I just change my name and my social security number? Perhaps then at least they can't be using the information that they already have, which is already loose out there, to do it again. Mm-hmm. But apparently that doesn't solve the problem either, and it's not a recommended tactic to take when trying to solve identity theft. Um, I contacted my, the office of my congressional representative, and he agreed, as long as with everybody else, that this is a huge and rampant problem in this country, yes. and it's consuming an enormous amount of time, and there's very little that can be done about it aside from contacting the three credit reporting agencies and taking care of it with them. And the funny thing is, is the first time I did this, I went through this hassle. I put a fraud watch on all three of my credit reports, right? And that didn't stop it from happening again. Huh? Um, so I'm I'm really 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 at a loss as to what I should do. And it's really interesting the way that this has negatively affected me because you'd think that it would only be a little ding on your credit report, which you could get removed and taken care of. But uh, who knows how long this has been on my credit report. And I've been looking for a job for several months now. And I just recently found out that it's standard operating procedure for large companies to do background investigations and credit checks on people before they extend employment. So I have never received a phone call back from any of the jobs I've applied to. And the best I can figure is that this is why.
0: Well, I mean, uh, as far as applying to jobs, it's usually good to follow up with the ones that you're interested in. Have you done that?
3: Um, well, no, not not necessarily all of them.
0: Uh when you get when you're looking for a job, not that I'm an expert at this, but uh, when you're looking for a job, you um, if you've got ones that you would like more than others, you should call them back. That way, they actually know that you're really interested and not just somebody who's filling out an application. So I don't know if that's necessarily a factor, but it may it might be certainly something to be concerned with. And and the whole issue of identity theft in general is absolutely something that every uh, American and everyone around the world should be concerned with. And I and I really wonder, you know, since the government sort of has this System that it's put us all into The social security number How much How how much culpability does the government have In this whole identity theft situation None that they're going to take Well obviously Well, now
3: I I spoke to a friend of mine who had a very interesting point Regarding this very specific thing He said that the only people who are actually Concerned about identity theft Happen to be the consumers And this is why Um, The companies who extend credit when they take a loss They write it off of their income taxes So it's not really a loss for them anymore.
2: Well, it's a a bit of a loss because um, even though they're writing it off, and it's nice to take a write-off, it's still only about 20% of, uh, you know, that's a 20% break. For instance, and I don't know, um, I believe that corporate income uh, tax levels are 20%. So uh, it may go up. I'm certainly no uh, tax attorney. I'm not a uh, a CPA. But I believe it's 20%, which means that they lose 80% still. Because they only get the break of the 20% that they didn't um, get taxed on in that particular...
3: Okay. Okay. Well, and the government isn't largely concerned because any losses they take, they just pass right back on to us again.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't so, care either.
3: Yeah, they don't care. And it's really... This is a good follow-up to your last call because you want to talk about um, misdirected police resources. No one in the police is interested in taking this case. They They don't have the slightest interest in it at all. And... Um, I think there's two possibilities here for why I got nailed again. Mm -hmm. I think either the original person who hit me um, has done it again after a short lag time, Mm -hmm. or my information is for sale on the black market. And if it's the first case, the only way I can think to stop it is to have this guy arrested and prosecuted. And if it's the second case, I have absolutely no idea what I can do.
0: Yeah, if it's the second case, your uh, your number's floating around out there, and who knows who's going to get their hands on it next. I saw a company recently online, and I don't remember how I came across it. And I thought, hmm, it'd make an interesting advertiser, so maybe we should approach them, Mark. Uh, they aren't an advertiser. I don't know if their service is any good, but it certainly is intriguing. Um, it's LifeLock. Have you heard of it? Um, have I heard yeah. of it? Anybody. I've heard of it because uh, I've called them on
2: advertising on multiple occasions, uh, the first one being February the 5th of this year. Oh, so and you are looking at The them. last time I called them was uh, May the 24th. Uh, they're looking at starting in in the fall. Really? But okay, that'd be Life-Lock. good. LifeLock.com. Um, they uh, they are in fact a company that they guarantee that um, they that they will s- stop identity theft and they guarantee it with some large amount of money. Um, I wonder
0: though if they. Um, I mean, th- they're marketing this service to people that are concerned about identity theft, mm-hmm. but I wonder if it's going to be something to where they'll take you. If you've already had your identity I believe, stolen. I, I've
2: spoken to uh, Jason Ovid, uh, their senior account supervisory, some, some level of uh, mm-hmm. bigwig there, right? And uh, he claimed that they can do stuff even for people who have had trouble. So That's good. I don't generally advertise, advertise you know, t- talk about a- potential advertisers that haven't paid, but, uh, you know, since you have this specific problem, lifelock.com. Yeah, there
0: you go, Triddle. Good luck with that, and uh, let us know how it goes. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231, and... Hopefully they'll come on board and we'll get to talk more about them in the future. This is your show. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free live for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free. Shrine of Female listeners included the dozens and dozens of ladies who have taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com.
2: The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit RLC.org and click Join Us today. We'll find liberty together. That's RLC.org.
0: This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. To the phones we go. Let's talk to Jarvis in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jarvis.
5: Hey, guys. Uh, I want to talk about a topic you guys were talking about yesterday, which is monopolies. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, you mentioned something that uh, I think a lot of people find confusing, and I certainly did before I looked into it more, and that's the difference between monopolies that are enforced by the government and monopolies that just spring up naturally uh, through capitalism. Right. And the the, the, uh, the
0: terms are coercive monopoly and market monopoly. And right. um, usually when, when someone's referring to a market
2: monopoly, they're talking about a virtual monopoly. I don't think anyone has ever been able to... Uh, you know, show me at least in an established industry a real monopoly in anything that isn't that doesn't have to do with the government. I mean, an well, honest to god monopoly.
5: Okay, great. Um, so that was, that was the point of my call, and um, the example is Intel. Um, Intel basically had effectively a hundred percent monopoly on chips for personal computers.
4: Now,
2: um, I did say yeah, an established market, and um, sure, I think that in the personal computing um, arena, that Intel, when it's, um, you know, the, the marketplace hadn't even really been around for,
0: you know. When are you talking about? A couple like, What period in Intel's existence are you um, referring to? Uh,
5: basically, throughout the 80s and most of the 90s, um, they were the only uh, uh, company that would provide good chips for personal computers. And, you know, they, you know, through uh, 386s, 486s, they were it.
0: Well, Hello? you said good chips. Uh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm listening yeah, to it. Sorry. Yeah, you said good I, I chips.
5: I think my phone's dying. So you have been qualifying
0: someone. You have been qualifying your statements. You said they, uh, they're the only ones providing good chips, and you also said that um, almost 100%. You, you, right. You've been hedging a, a little bit.
5: Well, I mean, you have to in market monopolies, because you're right. There's no fully 100% without force, but they pretty much did have a monopoly. And my point is that they they did not do any of the things that people complain about monopolies doing bad. I mean, they only provided good services right? Uh, until, I don't know if you guys remember but when the Pentium first came out they were producing wrong results people used to make fun of them if you do division on a Pentium you'd get the wrong answer mm. and that was about when they started slipping and AMD, uh, Athlon uh, came up with a competing product and now they you know, have to compete with AMD and AMD makes a very good competition to um, Intel's chips yep, they um, sure do so... mm?
0: I said they sure do I like to buy AMD myself um, right. But yeah, yeah you're right. And that's great a great example. example. That's an yeah. excellent example of at least something that p- came darn close to 100% market monopoly based on providing a product and and service that uh, people voluntarily wanted to purchase. And, and that's okay. And, and nothing prevented AMD from jumping into the game. There wasn't any sort of regulatory hoops or anything like that that they had to jump through necessarily to, I mean, maybe beyond getting an occupation <laughs> permit. And he's gone. Uh, maybe, <laughs> he he said his phone died. Uh Maybe beyond getting an occupational license or something like that. I mean, there was no real, there's no board of direct, you know, board of regulation for computer chips. Thank goodness that doesn't exist. Right. If that existed, we'd still be using 386s. Crappy computer chips, too. Yeah, we'd be on XTs. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So a great example. Um, And you can bring up whatever's on your mind. All right, so I said we were going to talk about the latest on the Ed Brown situation. The news broke at around, I guess it started sometime this morning, but it really started to break around noon. Uh, Some of the people here in New Hampshire had uh, already loaded up into their vehicles and headed up towards Plainfield because the feds, uh, the state police, and I'm sure a number of other policing organizations had essentially surrounded the Ed Brown household. Now, in case you don't know, Ed Brown is, uh, let's see, he insists federal income tax laws are invalid. They were convicted, this from the um, Fosters Online in New Hampshire, They insist federal income tax laws are invalid, convicted in January of scheming to hide $1.9 million of income between 1996 and 2003. They also were convicted of using $215,000 in postal money orders to pay for their residence and for Elaine Brown's dental office in neighboring Lebanon. The property seized Thursday. That's today. The money orders were broken into increments just below the tax reporting threshold. Uh, Judge Stephen McAuliffe sentenced them to five and a half years or five and a quarter years in prison. They skipped their April sentencing hearing, and they've since then pretty much been holed up in their home in Plainfield, New Hampshire. Got to get a little boring there. And Ed Brown has, uh, has said, again, he's a man in his 60s, mm-hmm. uh, as is his wife. And he has basically said that, I haven't done anything wrong, and I'm not going to jail, so if you come and try to take me to jail... I'm going to shoot you. Well, That's I'm not pretty exactly much sure what his that, situation I'm,
2: is. I'm not exactly sure that he's been entirely effective, because essentially he's put himself under house arrest.
0: Essentially, he mm-hmm. has. But I'd rather be on, in, how, in my house than in a jail cell any day. Same here. Um, so, and the government does not want him to stay in his house. The government is very upset about this. Uh, the government officials, they don't quite know what to do, uh, because... Things are different today than they were in 1994, during Waco times and Ruby Ridge. Um, Information travels a lot faster now than it did then. And as a result of that, Ed Brown is still alive today. Because if this were 20 years ago or 15 years ago, he'd probably be dead at this point. They would have raided his house, nobody would have known about him, um, and it would have been just a tragic situation. But now... The Free State Project members, a number of them are aware of the situation. They're um, supporting Ed Brown. Of course, local liberty lovers here in New Hampshire and people across the country are getting behind Ed Brown and supporting him in, in what he's doing. Now, once you start to, to get to know Ed, he's a little kooky. He's a little bit kind of wacky. That is but, protected by the uh, Bill of Rights. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? As far as I'm concerned, I don't really care about his religious beliefs or whatever his belief system is. That's mm-hmm. not the issue here. The issue is... Should an individual be free to keep the money that he earns in a so-called free country? That's all that Ed and, Ed and Elaine did. They didn't hide their money. She was a, she was a dentist, and Ed was a, um, a pest control guy. I mean, they were out there doing business in the Lebanon area in New Hampshire for, for years, making money make, and obviously doing business. Providing like, services for people. Right. It's not like they were selling crack. I mean in that case then you're hiding your income but otherwise you're taking you're providing services you're creating invoices people know what you're doing and so you know the the IRS did what it normally does is it waits and waits and waits and you know builds up 5 or 10 years worth of so called evidence and then takes you to you know, takes you to the government courts and of course the government courts are going to rule in favor of the IRS and in Ed Brown's uh, case he wasn't allowed to bring up the arguments that he wanted to make So it's his
2: trial. He's not allowed to bring up the arguments he wants to make.
0: So he said, screw this. This is not a real court, and I'm not coming back. And he didn't. And so they sentenced him in in absentia, basically. He was not there. And uh, they want to put him in a jail cell. He doesn't want to go. So today... Things got a little bit different. Federal authorities indicated today they would not raid the home of two convicted tax evaders, but did serve a warrant to seize property that they own in a neighboring town. The warrant was served in Lebanon, and authorities had no contact with Ed and Elaine at their fortified hilltop compound. In rural Plainfield, now wait a minute, I've been to the Ed Brown household. Would you have described it as a hilltop compound? Um, n- No, I wouldn't have described it as hilltop because you actually, you walk downwards to get to his house. Okay. The, the driveway is fairly long, and then at the end of the driveway, it angles downwards, so I don't know how you could call that a hill. Well, it's fun to say hilltop. Um, And a compound? It's a house. There's, there's not, you know... Um, Concrete barriers around or right, reinforced it, doors. It sounds or like
2: there's turrets at the top. You right. know, like maybe somebody's maybe he's
0: got a 50 cal mounted up there. No, 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 no. So it's just a house. It's it's a house. I mean, it does have a lookout sort of tower, but I mean that's that's a room to look outside and look at the pretty trees that surround the uh, the area. That's all that is. There's no fortification or anything like that. I've been inside the house. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Now. The feds are saying that they aren't gonna raid Ed and they only wanted to seize the dentist's office. But wait till you hear about the just huge amount of uh people and equipment and stuff they had brought out to seize an empty dentist's office. It's weird. Free Talk Live, and it is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. CAI toll-free line, Ian here with you. And Mark, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. So do enjoy those on us. Then, if you like the show and you want to help support us, then you should go and shop with us at store.freetalklive.com. we got lots of neat merchandise, including the hot-selling 2-gigabyte multi-gadget. It's a 2-gigabyte MP3 player, flash drive. It's a voice recorder and an FM tuner all rolled into one with our snazzy logo on it for less than 60 bucks. There's that. There's a variety of Free Talk Live clothing, now with the Free Talk Live ladies T-shirt, two different types of hoodies, uh, the brand-new beanie cap, and the uh, very special Free Talk Live lighter bottle-opener combo for those of you who like to uh, smoke or light things on fire, like uh, fireworks and stuff. So uh, head over there to store.freetalklive.com and do some shopping, buy some neat things. Store.freetalklive.com. We're talking about the latest uh, with the Ed Brown situation. There was uh, breaking news earlier today in Plainfield, New Hampshire, where Ed and his wife Elaine are currently holed up in their house. The media loves to describe it as a compound, but I've been there, been inside it. The thing's not even completed. He's still building the thing. Uh, there's so it's an incomplete compound. Right, <laughs> it's not a compound. It's his house, uh, and it's where he wants to retire and live out the rest of his years. He's a man in his sixties. His wife also uh, around his age, and um, now the feds want to put him in a jail cell. And Ed says, "I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't hurt anybody. Um, I just want to live. I wanted to live my life and decide for myself where my money went. And that's what he did, and now they want to put him in a jail cell. And he has said, if you try to do that, I'm going to go out shooting." And so as a result, the feds have sort of been standoffish. They haven't, you know, they hadn't really done anything until today. Neighbors had reported heavily armed police in at least one armored vehicle near the 110-acre property Thursday morning. Reporters were kept away from the scene, and a plane carrying an Associated Press re- uh, photographer was ordered out of the airspace. So they were—they really went out of their way to ensure that no one was able to actually witness what was going to go down. Now, the only people who would have been able to witness what was happening would have been anyone who happened to be at the Ed Brown residence at that time. And if you have been following this case, then you know that at any given time, there's usually somebody there visiting Ed or just staying there to, to keep them company and, and that sort of thing. Um, and indeed, I think there were maybe a or a handful of people, and we're not really sure how many people were actually on the Ed Brown property. But as far as people from the outside, you were absolutely not allowed to even go near the area of Plainfield where Ed Brown was in. In fact, I don't know if they mentioned in this article, but they were actually evacuating people from their homes in the vicinity. Hmm. And all of this, according to the um, U.S. Marshal Stephen Monier, quote, we're here to serve a warrant. He said in a statement to calm speculation that a raid was imminent, marshals have negotiated daily with the Browns since January and will continue doing so, said the marshal. As we've said from the beginning, we'll continue to communicate with Ed and Elaine Brown to convince them to surrender peacefully. Authorities did detain a supporter staying with the couple as he walked their dog on Thursday morning, and uh, no one has yet heard as to whether or not that individual has been released. We've not heard about that yet. Uh, The home has a so-called watchtower, and uh, they claim that has concrete walls and the ability. As though that's a what is that a big deal? My house in Florida had concrete walls. Right, built 1954. And the ability to run on wind and solar power. Ed Brown, who has at least one gun, has said he had stockpiled food and supplies and would resist arrest. Authorities were clearly prepared for the worst on Thursday. Vehicles leaving a checkpoint early in the afternoon included an armored Massachusetts SWAT vehicle, an explosive disposal unit, a communications truck, and a New Hampshire state police cruiser driven by someone wearing camouflage face paint. Two planes flew overhead, and the occupants of two passenger vans hid their faces as they drove past. And this is just, uh, you know, they're, they're just touching on some of the insanity that went on in Plainfield today. I mean, closing off the airspace, taking people out of their homes. They don't mention that in this article, but I was reading as much as I could about this as it was developing this afternoon. Uh, but, but taking people in the surrounding area from their homes? What's, what is the meaning of that? What's what's the purpose there exactly? It it, it
2: doesn't seem good. It, it to me it sounds like an aborted attack. That's
0: all that I can get out of this. That's what people are are uh, speculating on the nhfree.com forums right now. They're speculating that because of the response to this, because of the outpouring of people that showed up at a moment's notice, they even though they couldn't get to Ed's house, they showed up in the the vicinity and you know were were standing outside of the uh, the barriers I guess that the police had put up. Um, and then I guess just the, the media interest that it generated and all of the attention that it uh, it generated, you're suggesting, Mark, that as a result of that, they, they called it off. And they said, oh, we're just here to serve this warrant because that's what they're claiming. They're claiming they're only there to serve a warrant on the dentist's office, which is in Lebanon, New Hampshire, which is not Plainfield, New Hampshire, different town entirely. So if they're serving a warrant... On an empty dentist's office in Lebanon, New Hampshire, why do they have to cordon off the area where Ed Brown lives? In Plainfield. In Plainfield. He doesn't leave his house, for the most part. I've heard rumors that he's gone out a few times, but for the most part, he doesn't leave his house. He's not going to show up while you're confiscating the dentist's office and go out in a blaze of, of gunfire. He just cares about his life. He doesn't care about the dentist's office in the other town.
2: Yeah, they pretty much let that go, haven't they? I mean what go, go? Well, I mean his wife and he are not running the dentist office. They're not going to the dentist office. I don't really understand.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he can't. Yeah, right. The the business is closed. It's an empty building. So once again, why is why were all those troops there? Why was a man in camouflage paint driving a a vehicle? Why are there SWAT teams and armored and armored personnel carriers and, you know, cops and state police? Why all of these people if you're just going to confiscate an empty building in another town? I think you're right, Mark. I think they were going to make a move and they did it sloppily. And and I hope they continue to botch it up. But but you can tell what they were trying to do was prevent anyone from seeing what they were going to do, what actions they were going to take on Ed Brown's property. The only people that would have been able to see it would have been the people on the property, presuming they lived through it. Because if there's no media around, remember, with Waco, media surrounded that event. And, of course, it took – Waco was a long sort of event. It, it was several days, as I recall. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> – Seemed like weeks. Right. And so there was sort of a long buildup before they decided to do anything. In this particular case, they cordoned off the area. If they had made a move at that point and executed everybody who was in the, uh, the residence, then they could have made up whatever story they, they would have liked. If you'd taken out everybody that was in the Ed Brown house, no one else would have known what went wrong or what happened. The, the cops could come up with any sort of cover story, and, uh, and then, then it would be over. So I wonder if they're going to do a nighttime raid at this point, because uh, something that I guess clued a lot of the people in was that Ed Brown's phone line was cut off earlier this morning. Mm. And I guess some people had called and tried to talk to Ed because he has friends who call periodically and check in on him. Probably to check and see if the phone line's been cut. Right. And so that was one of the things that alerted people that something was going on. So what happens when this goes uh, down at 2 a.m.? you know this is essentially a, was a, a trial run at this point because there's no reason for all these troops to come out to confiscate a building in a different town this was a trial run and you may be right mark they might have been just testing the water they might have actually done it today had nobody responded had nobody shown up but if it's 2 in the morning and most everyone is asleep including ed lane and most of the people in that household and all the rest of us aren't paying attention then it might be a little easier for them I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't occur that way. Um, the Browns. Let's see. The couple has described the court as a fiction, unworthy of their attention, and returned government mail unopened. Ed Brown said nothing was out of the ordinary at the house this morning, and then hung up. But then told a different story earlier to a supporter who recorded it and posted some of it online, saying, "Quote: One of our visitors went out for a walk at 7:45 with my dog. And about an hour later, about 8:45, the dog came ripping down the driveway." And I've waited now for another half an hour and no visitor. He also said the power had gone out twice during the overnight and an airplane had flown over the house where he said he was holed up with numerous supporters. He says it could be a test to see our reaction, uh, our response time. Calls made later Thursday were answered by a recording saying the line was not in service. Uh, Supporters have visited and stayed with the Browns during and after their trial. Marshall's service said the dog walker, whose name was not immediately released, was being questioned but had not been charged. Monnier made it clear that anyone helping the Browns avoid authorities could be charged. Quote, aiding and abetting in their obstruction of justice, anyone doing that is subject to arrest. So they're trying to scare away all of Ed Brown's friends. They they want to... uh, They want... Everybody who's associated with Ed Brown to get all scared. This show of force, obviously, is kind of a scary thing. Uh, Them arresting this other guy is sort of a frightening thing. But I I, I don't think these guys quite know who they're dealing with yet. They're dealing, in many cases, with a lot of Free State Project members. Not all of them. But a bunch of them are getting active here, and they're already talking about ways to to help fortify Ed as far as and of course this is definitely aiding and abetting. So what the good? Another question is, will they go after the individuals who are talking about doing these things? But um, one of the ideas that's been floated is getting Ed multiple track phones, multiple prepaid cell phones, because that way they can't just cut off his his home line. Good that idea. way, that way they'd have to literally shut off. You know, Sprint—they'd have to shut off all of the different cell services in the area if they were to uh, to make a move like that. So that's one of the things that they've suggested doing, and I'm sure some other creative ideas will be coming forth uh, here fairly shortly. Hour two's on the way. You take control. Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for three dollars a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231 is the cycle CAI toll-free line, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Roll it right into the phone calls to start things out. It's John in Texas. Hey, John. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi.
6: Yeah, I just want to say, I mean... After all that's going on today with the the whole Brown case, I mean, I was listening to the show earlier in the morning. And it's like, is this the time? Is this the time to get up? I mean, it seems like do or die now. I mean,
0: to get up and do it, what? You mean?
6: I mean, it's like they're saying. I mean, I mean, what do we do? I mean, I point out. Uh, you seen uh, the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie? The the underlying message about uh. They they're killing all the pirates because they're pirates, and then they they instill like martial law all over the world. I mean, it's kind of like a a thing now. Where like now, if you're like a patriot, you know they're gonna take you in. They're just gonna you know kill you or lock you up. I mean.
0: Well, they haven't I mean, done anything yet. I mean, they're, they certainly, there was certainly a show of force this morning, um, but they didn't actually do anything.
2: And, uh, you know, um, before before anybody picks up any AK-47s and starts mowing down uh, the closest law enforcement officer, I think more people should try the Free State Project. It's a nonviolent revolution where you just move to New Hampshire and you vote and, and be active for liberty rather than, you know... Uh, going out talking about
6: acts war but i mean it it definitely seems is this like it's time to do something It's like they're saying either we get up and uh have some type of peace movement now or they're gonna you know, just come in and roll over us, anyways. I mean, it's like, what? What do you do? I mean, well, they already the are.
0: They already are rolling over our rights. I mean, they're destroying freedoms in America on a weekly basis, in Washington D.C. and across all the state governments and your local governments, infringing on freedom as well. I mean, it's a process that's been going on for decades, little by little. And uh, and Ed Brown is just one of the more visible cases of tyranny in America. Um, and I understand. I absolutely understand your frustration, but I I still align with. Martin on this on this particular case it's certainly um, violence is not going to be a solution that's just going to make them uh, even angrier it's going to make them yeah, even more not. violent. So what do you do? I take Mark's tact. I joined the Free State Project a few years ago. I moved to New Hampshire last year. Mark moved uh, to New Hampshire. Um, More people are coming up here all the time. This is uh, a perfect time to make the move. Uh, Move up to New Hampshire. Get active for liberty. And whatever activism means for you, it could mean um, getting out and doing politics. It could mean doing civil disobedience. It could mean writing letters to the editor. Uh, But get active. Uh, in favor of freedom, and then other people get excited, they'll get energized, they'll get invigorated, they'll get active too, and before you know it, we'll have a real freedom movement on our hands, and the government won't know what to do about it. What do you think about that?
6: I think uh, it just seems like they don't care anymore. It's like the more people protest, or the more people come out with news, it's like Alex Jones keeps saying that they know they're out of time, so they just don't care that they don't have to cover up anymore. It's just like... They're gonna do what they're gonna do and well, they don't as care tyranny, how they think
0: about it. As tyranny progresses, they will become more and more blatant and more and more obvious about the things that they're doing and, and I think we've certainly seen um, things moving in that direction. But that doesn't mean that nonviolent approaches will be ineffective. Um, in fact, the more outrageous they get, the more effective our nonviolent approaches are. The more violent they become, the more people will side with us. And so this is a, it's this is something they cannot win. You do understand that, right?
6: I do. It's it's like if you're standing in front of a, a big bulldog and you're just like a, a little six-year-old child. I mean, you need like a, a lot of six-year-old children to, to overtake a bulldog. And it's you're right. Like,
0: it's a scary situation, and that's exactly what's going on here in New Hampshire. People are getting together, and they're making a stand for liberty. And thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. The government is scary. We were out at this protest. Um, it was uh, one of the Russell Canning's tilting at windmills protests out in front of the IRS office and the mm-hmm. post office here in Keene. And this big guy comes comes along with his cane, older gentleman probably in his late 50s. Uh, just this big intimidating dude comes up and starts yelling at us and starts raising his cane at some of the women and and me and, uh, and for protesting of, the IRS. One of the other guys, yeah, and just yelling because you know he doesn't like peace and he wants war and you know just the typical neocon scumbag. Uh, but the fact is he really couldn't do anything to us because we were there were more of us than there were of him. And he was talking all scary. He was telling us. Right, he, he said, who do you you know, what do you think you're going to do? The government's so big. It's yeah, he basically just trying to scare us to say, you know, you who are you? You're just a couple protesters on the side of the road. You can't take on the government. And well, we are. We are taking on the government. And I'd say we're doing a pretty effective job of it so far, and it's only just begun. Only a couple hundred people have moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project at this point, and more new people are coming in all the time. By the end of 2008, we're going to have 1,000 movers to New Hampshire. It's going to have a big surprise then. Yeah, And, and I think it's going to be a big surprise for the government, too, because they're just getting wind of what we're capable of. And we're just beginning to figure out what we're capable of as well ideas are are uh, being brainstormed at all times new new uh, concepts being generated and uh, and activated and things are getting pretty exciting pretty fast now you can sit at home and watch it all happen from the cozy comfort of behind your keyboard or in front of your television or uh, behind your radio you're certainly welcome to do that but I'd really rather have you here in New Hampshire, if you are someone that loves liberty, if you are someone that believes in live free or die, somebody that's willing to, uh, to actually make a stand for freedom. I'd love to have you here. So go to freestateproject.org, learn more about the project, and get signed up. And then come up here for Porkfest, which we'll be talking about here in a few moments. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Tom.
4: Uh, yeah. What's this I heard about uh, Saddam Hussein used weapons of mass destruction against his own people?
0: That's the allegation,
4: oh here's a question for you. Take a guess what percentage of people who get apprehended by the u s border patrol turn out to be Americans
0: thirty mm, percent
4: at what age does a person acquire the right to drink alcoholic beverages in new hampshire
0: uh, well, 21? i I don't know if that's that's kind of tricky wording. Oh, Do you well, acquire yeah. the right. Um,
4: See that? Okay, you're you're one for three. (laughs) Saddam Hussein never owned any people, so therefore he could not have used weapons of mass destruction against his own people. His
0: people, gotcha.
4: The overwhelming majority, practically all of the people who get apprehended by the U.S. Border Patrol are Americans. Really? Because America, of course, is North America, Mm, Central America, uh, uh, and South America. That's cute. You're talking on the internet. Don't forget that goes all over the world, and a lot of people don't think of America as just one little one country. They think of you know America as all of it.
0: Yeah.
4: More so than in the United States.
0: In the third one. Uh,
4: And uh, of course, uh, rights are like sisters. You still have them, even if they have been violated. (laughs) Thanks for the call, Tom. Appreciate
0: hearing from you. (laughs) 800-259-9231. What a choke. Let's go to John in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, John. John in Oklahoma? Yeah. Hey there. Hey there. What's on your mind?
7: Well, I'm afraid uh, if you're expecting word games from me, you're not going to get any. I
0: don't (laughs) know what to expect from you, John. What's on your mind tonight?
7: Well, I'm uh, I'm the meetup group coordinator for the state of Oklahoma for Ron Paul.
0: Excellent, thank you. Very and much for doing I have
7: that. been um, reading uh, federal election campaign uh, regulations. I spent uh, my God, I don't know how many hours. And I stumbled across something that uh, is critically important, that I thought everybody should know. Okay, that is that according to the Federal Election Commission um, rules, any two people or more. that includes everybody in the meetup group. And this isn't just Ron Paul. This is all candidates. Mm -hmm. I just happen to be, you know, involved with Ron Paul. Got it. Any two people that spend $1,000 or more in a campaign season must register as a political action committee. Otherwise, they can harm their candidate.
0: Any two people that spend $1,000 or more on campaign-related things, you mean?
7: Yes, whether that be business cards, flyers, luncheons, renting rooms, um, driving, mm. flying to an event, anytime, any two people or more. And so the candidate, is, to,
0: the candidate can be held responsible for the actions of people he doesn't even know.
7: Unfortunately, that's the fact. Uh, you can oh. go to, you can go to. Uh,
0: oh, we, we'll take your election. word for it. We'll take your word for it. That's awful. Thank you for sharing that. So everyone should be careful out there. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there are for free, including the bulletin board system. We've got over 240,000 posts, over 1,400 people interacting, and it's free. Head over to bbs.freetalklive.com to get interactive with us and a lot of other listeners and talk about serious issues and fun stuff and everything in between. bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Sakel CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Sakel's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. Sagle CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800 Four six three five nine. That's 1-800-544-6359 for SACL, C-A-I. As we continue with the phone calls and go to Don in New York, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Don. Don Hi. in New York. Hey.
8: You know, if we could just keep you stuck to those promos, you know, it would be a great show.
0: Keep me just stuck kidding. to the promos? You want us to read promos um, you know, all over. Liberty
8: hour? versus uh, minarchy. libertarianism versus minarchism. Uh, just kidding.
0: I have no idea what you're you even talking again. about, Don. What's uh, what's on your mind tonight?
8: Um, reforming our government, um reforming this country that we've lost, uh, the democracy, in pretty much is very is a lot easier than I, I think you guys tend to to um to mention or bring up. Okay. I, I have a clear vision of, of two ways that it can be done. One Excellent. of which I can't even
0: take credit for we need people with vision what's yours go ahead
8: um well i think getting from getting we need to uh like as you guys have pointed out um there's a huge disconnect with with people the way they see our country and they they don't see the 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 bad and and the erosion of our freedoms
0: right a lot of americans Uh, are still can they're still convinced this is a free country
8: correct and and that it's a democracy um so a is we do need to uh as a, as a group who has been largely fragmented by by all these lines that you guys mentioned, these, these terms, uh, lines on a map that divide us, terms that divide us like libertarianism versus minarchism
9: mm-hmm. versus
8: um, left-wing versus right-wing. I don't even fully understand them because to understand me, I'm from the mindset. Um, I've never believed in politics or two parties and voting and people based on a party line. It's counterproductive.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: So we need to point out, uh, and uh, you yeah, had... Gene, the Christian anarchist, who called in last night um, right after someone else called in and said that they wished that you would take it a little easier on Christianity. I'm also the son of a, of a minister, retired now.
4: Mm, so, skin. you
8: know, I, I am a Christian um, in my uh, in my life and in my actions, but at the same time I um, discourage and am against mainstream Christianity because I feel it's it actually is a disconnect between you and your so-called higher power. Hmm, okay. um, but back to the point, that this is mostly a Christian country, and we need to educate the Christians and get them on our side. Would you agree?
0: Sure, yeah, absolutely.
8: Because they, uh, I believe they have the biggest block of voting power in this country.
0: Yeah, it's certainly a big block, no doubt about it.
8: Okay, so um, that we need to convince them, um, and, and, and don't be so quick to dismiss some of the things that Tom says. He, he makes a good point that we need to point out to these Christians that the very government that they blindly support and follow are committing huge atrocities you know here and abroad you follow so let's educate them and get them into the fold we are I'm completely with fight. you.
0: Although I think that the uh, the best, um, I think it's probably going to be more effective for other Christians to do that job. It, I don't Absolutely. know if it's really going to be too effective for the atheist and the uh, you know the the former Christian who's got a, an axe to grind uh, to actually be per- portraying that message to them. I mean, we'll do our best, but I think that that's something that Christians should work on each other on a one to one basis, or or somehow set up uh, uh, speaking engagements at their church or do something. I mean, I don't really know what all the different. Um, outlets that Christians have to communicate to one another, but certainly I think that uh, there should be this cadre of uh, libertarian Christians out there trying, helping influence their uh, their friends.
8: Absolutely. So uh, you guys are you're one of three. Um, another caller the other day had mentioned that he wished there was more podcasts out there that that were uh, that people would put out there to to get the news out about uh, liberty and and just general news because people don't get news on mainstream media. Um, to that point, I just wanted to point out to him that there are thousands of and thousands of podcasts out there, and there's probably several hundred political ones um, yes. on iTunes alone. So I, I have three that I listen to. Um, I get um, right wing. Uh, I get uh, one guy you know, calls himself the left wing nut job, um, and that has given me a good insight into his perspective of things. And mm-hmm. I'm not left wing. You know, again, I don't believe in any of those terms because I think they're just used as dividers um so the bottom line is you guys have inspired me to uh i sat down and started uh, writing the other day and I'm, it's starting to flow from me um two two visions for reforming our government it's not that hard the first thing people need to do is just make the simple acknowledgement or commitment or uh it's as easy as grasping that our government is broken and needs to be fixed it's a very simple thing to grasp
0: i, I know so, I, I know there are a lot of people who would agree with you i personally would just rather junk it but yes i see where you're coming i
8: understand from. um but, you know, again, that's uh, why I started out with my bad joke there that, uh, you know, let's keep you to the promos. Uh, you're, oh, keep you me very, personally
0: uh, to the promos. Gotcha.
8: Yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I would love to subscribe to your idea of a no government. I just don't think that, historically speaking, I... I Right now in our time, I don't see any place on our planet where there's
0: a Fair enough. A I'm not, of I don't government. want to debate with you. I want to find out what your vision is. So you're, you're saying right, that people must is, commit to, uh, to restructuring the government. Commit
8: and acknowledge that our government is broken and or ineffectual okay. and corrupt. So let's, as a nation, stop letting these terms divide us. That we need a single central place as, as, as uh, liberty lovers, as Unitarians, as whatever it is you are, Um, That if you love liberty and you feel that our nation is is doing wrong things, that we need a central place to organize. So one, acknowledge. Two, um, organize um, and centralize. We we need to centralize ourselves because there is an all-out war against us. When to, you
0: say centralize, uh, normally I, my, my normal response would be to back away from that. Uh, it seems to yeah, be but that we're
8: decentralization. So, we're so fragmented, so yet we all agree that, uh, that Mark is a an anarchist, and you as a libertarian, and I as, as of whatever I am, because I haven't quite determined what I am.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: Um, we all agree that liberty is, is fleeing this country. At, at an unprecedented pace. Right, I But when you say centralized,
0: way. can you give me a tangible example of how well, that I'm would saying work? One thing we need to
8: organize just <laughs> like we have activism and in activism, you know, we have become so fractionalized that you've got 10,000 um you got 10,000 minarchists who won't agree with um libertarians and you've got anarchists who slightly different but we should all you know come together well
0: isn't that the purpose of the free a state project i mean aren't you describing the free state project basically i mean that's I sort of
8: actually haven't um studied the free state project other than what i've heard you guys mention you know that everybody's moving it sounds to, like to New it Hampshire sounds and... like
0: it's fitting your uh, description here it's it's oh, absolutely that it's um, not. I don't know if I would describe it. it as centralization. I would simply describe it as um, maybe. Organization. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know if there's really even organization to it. I mean, the only level of organization is simply to attract um, people to the state. To, yeah, to coalesce people into the, the same land mass. And then once Absolutely, they.
8: Because- you're Well, we're both trying to get numbers, because numbers is what would make the difference, right?
0: Absolutely, and then once you okay, get so those people into that land area, then those individuals are inevitably going to do what they think is right. Some of them are going to do politics, some of them are going to do other things, and uh, and that decentralization is what makes us so powerful and unpredictable, and it makes it so that the government can't target certain individuals to take them out, because there are no leaders in our movement, and uh, I think that that's going to be the solution. It's, it's the best darn solution that we've come across. And I hope that you find it uh, reasonable as well. And thank you for the call, 800-259-9231. Although I'm always open, I'd love to hear a better solution if there is one. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. This is a CAI Toll Free Line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. So enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Over 1,350 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. See what I mean? By heading over to wiki.freetalklive.com. W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com.
2: Pop quiz. What do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? Answer, very little. The Prometheus Institute is looking to make a real impact in Washington. Not in 40 years, but right now. To find out what makes the Prometheus Institute different from all the other flatwater political think
0: tanks, visit readpai.com. That's com. As we go to the phones and to Neil in California, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Neil. How's it going? Great. What's on your mind today?
9: Yeah, I... For some reason I I just feel that I have to kind of set the record straight here. Uh a lot of people who call in and they they're very uh how do I put it? Uh they're very shaky on 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 the term anarchy, you know, and they're they're very shaky on the idea of there being quote unquote no government. Mm-hmm. But that's just not the case with with regard to to uh you know, libertarian uh anarcho capitalism. Uh, uh, things of that sort. They, they, they're missing the point. The 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 point that needs to be made about this is that it's not so much that there won't be governance. It's that people get to choose who protects them. They get to they get to pick and choose uh, which which private defense agency will be able to best protect and serve their needs. And instead of having to throw your money away to the power monopoly, there mm. won't be a power monopoly that has control, absolute control over the use of force so that we won't have to worry about being enslaved by that power.
0: Monopoly. That's a good point. In uh, like other markets that we have in this country, the protection services market will it would expand. It would uh, be, there would be competition. There'd be real customer service. There'd be uh, people that actually care about their clients, unlike this sort of uh, just shiftless, irresponsible uh, police bureaucracy that we have today.
9: Yes. And, and, and more importantly, that if, if they have to compete on a free market, if these defense agencies have to compete on a free market, they will be forced to act good in order to gain more customers. And if, cust- yes. and if they're having customers who are disruptive, who are lawless, and it's causing them, them damage, and it's causing the business to, to sink, they're going to get rid of those lawless customers, those those lawless customers are going to face justice.
0: You're right. Uh, from from everything that I've looked into, the it, it's, it seems clear to me that the marketplace can absolutely handle the services of uh, protection and justice on a much more efficient and fair and valuable basis than the government ever could hope to. It's just that people are so darn scared of the idea of turning over those services to the marketplace. And so we have to come up with some way, something, because in a lot of places we can point to the market and we can say, look, the market does this very well. The market does everything. Everything it tries very well what we can, we sort of theoretically are saying why don't we try this with police and and uh, protection and, and justice and people just don't want to take that step they're uh, they're frightened to death they, and they may believe you that the market will handle power providing better or providing water or roads I mean you might be able to convince them on those but for some reason uh, they just don't want to give up their monopoly uh, the monopoly police state basically and well
9: they uh, well then they're, they're kind of uh, missing Some very important tidbits in history. I mean, the American West was known for its private uh, law enforcement. If uh, if, I mean, uh, uh, the funny thing is, is that everybody has this wild conception that the American West was like absolutely insane when it was really the exact opposite.
0: Well, right. Well, look at what Hollywood has done. They called it the Wild West. Hollywood and history—that's it's labeled the Wild West—and so everybody thinks it was it was chaos.
4: Well,
9: I, I, yeah, you know, I think that it, it, a lot of people they they miss that. I mean, there are also other examples in history. I like to bring up the the, uh, the a- uh, ancient Iceland, uh, the medieval Icelanders. They had private law. They had private law enforcement, and their system was extremely effective. And it was it was and there was much less death and destruction than uh, than com- uh, than the uh, uh, other. Uh, uh, you know, governments that were that were uh, you know strict monopolies, warfare all the time, killing people, and so on. They had a much better, safer, more efficient system than the,
0: than the power monopoly. Yeah, reading and learning about uh, ancient Iceland is is, is very interesting and, and educational. And I think it's also interesting to point out that uh, when you're dealing with the monopoly government police service, um, they actually have sort of a, a perverse, weird incentive to encourage crime, don't they? I mean, as long as crime is continuing out there, then their services will be needed. But on the marketplace, when you have competition and businesses trying to satisfy customers, then customers are satisfied when they're safe. Customers are satisfied when there's a very small or no chance that they're going to be assaulted or harmed or something like that. And so, therefore, there is no interest in those uh, businesses' cases to have criminals out on the loose. You know,
2: when I think about the ancient Iceland uh, example. To me, it seems uh, remote and inaccessible. Uh, it, it, it seems like someone's grasping at straws. That's when they, why we when need something.
9: I, I, let me bring up the point. It lasted for 300 years.
2: I, uh, you know, and I think that you could make the same the point that uh, most republics haven't lasted that long too. Um, but at the same time, I just don't think that people uh, people access it. I it's don't. not
0: persuasive because they failed. It's not persuasive because it ended. And uh, I mean, the only thing that seems to, seems to be lasting in this world either. is is
2: tyranny of one sort or another. That's true. It, it was more tribal, the... wasn't it?
9: Well, I mean, the, the the thing of it is is that they had one law. They didn't have competing law. They didn't have private law. That was mm. that was, where I think, the system was flawed, but but it held together extremely well because there was private law enforcement.
0: It's a good point. And what I think, though, is what we need is to have somebody at some point start up a competing firm to the government, police, and m- monopoly system. And I, uh, it's got to be a difficult thing to do because, uh, well, the government's not going to like that. They're probably going to call you a gang and uh, try to take you out because they don't like competition. But I think if eventually we could have something like that to point to um, and have some sort of government protection, some alternative protection service to the government out there, then maybe that would help sort of move things in that direction. And maybe we could start pointing uh, to real life examples of how this could uh, could work better than the government uh, monopoly system does. Well,
9: the, the market already has that sort of thing. I mean, you could go into department stores and they have security guards. Banks have security guards. They don't have the police in there all right, I'm talking about for individuals.
0: In I'm talking about for individuals. Something yeah, that yes. you could sign up for a bodyguard. Yeah, but not a bodyguard because that costs way too much money. You can't. Yeah, that,
9: that's true. But I, I'm just saying, like a, a, you know, a practical example. You know, it's something that we could look at and see that this is this is actually more effective than than trying to have a cop around you all the time.
0: How do you feel about volunteerizing the government police force?
9: Volu- volunteerizing the government uh, the government police force? Well, it would probably. Uh, it would probably do a lot to uh, to probably knock down the the the, uh, the corruption or the urge to you know move up the ladder as much as you can and
6: <clears throat>
9: and so on. But but it, they still have the monopoly on power, which right. which is really it makes it still ineffective.
0: There you go. Any final thoughts for us, Neil? Uh,
9: no, I just wanted
0: to clear that up. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Brent in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Brent. Brent in New Hampshire. Do we have Brent? Brent going once, Brent going twice, Brent's gone. he's gone. Let's try Sean in Illinois. Sean, you're on Free Talk Live.
10: How are you doing? This is Sean.
0: Super, Sean. Um, What's on your mind?
10: Yeah, I, I just wanted to uh, kind of join in um, and bring up a point that I think uh, people have been missing. And that is, I think the only solution to our problem here is to wake people up to the realization, the um, the truth of who and what, they are um this is a very individual thing um we are all living breathing flesh and blood sentient men and women Mm -hmm. we're all equal we're all born equal um no one person or no group of people may tell us to do anything make us do anything take away from us etc in Um, theory yes you 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 have those natural rights including the right to self-defense um Until we we start to to think on this level, um, I don't think we're going to accomplish anything with government. And um, I think another point that we always miss is that there's only one legitimate form of government, and that is a government by consent.
0: Let's talk more about that. Uh, let's talk more about that and how we can get people to understand that. Hang on. We'll bring you back, Sean. 800 259 9231. We'll talk to uh, Brent. He's back on board, as well as uh, a different Tom, this one in Maine, and hear from you. Ladies first, if you make the call at 800 259 9231, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. To the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Bring up what's on your mind. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Good participation tonight. Good all week, as yeah. Lots fact. of lots and lots of calls. Join us online, freetalklive.com. Uh, all the features, we give them away, That we do ask you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. A number of our listeners have decided to do it. In fact, hundreds of them have, for as little as 3 bucks a month. You just sign up. It's a one-time thing. You don't have to worry about it from then on. It's a PayPal account or any major credit card, and there's some alternative methods as well. But the idea is simple. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. You send in 3 bucks a month to support the show. We take that money in, and it doesn't go to paychecks. It goes right back out into promoting Free Talk Live, into getting Free Talk Live on more radio stations, getting our advertising out there in front of radio station program directors, sending us to uh, the Talkers New Media Seminar and mm-hmm. the other convention that we go to each year. That's coming up this weekend, so this is actually going to be our last show for the week uh, for you and I this week. But right. uh, Free Gardner, Talk Live. Continues on live. Yes. Uh, Gardner, Goldsmith, and Julia will be here hosting Friday and Saturday nights, so you'll continue to have live programming. But the reason we're going on uh, the Friday and Saturday to New York City to take part in this new media seminar is because we can afford it, mm-hmm. because you guys are sending in three bucks a month and making it possible for us. Were it not for you, we wouldn't be going. Right. And we wouldn't be meeting with uh, Michael Zwirling from KSCO Radio. In case you missed the show earlier today, we did a one-hour special edition of Free Talk Live out in uh, California, in Santa Cruz. And I'd like to
2: say that the guy that was operating the board um, said that we got more calls in that hour than they had ever gotten in that hour before. And it wasn't a setup. We did not ask you to call in. We did not... No, uh, I don't think we had anybody that uh, called in from, from the regular... From I, I regular
0: didn't recognize anybody audience. at all. And uh, and they were all local callers, and it was, it was a great response. We're we're going to be meeting him, the program director there, or the owner of the station. And we're going to be meeting with other important uh, industry executives. And you guys make it happen. So uh, if you're not an amplifier, consider becoming one. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Learn about some of the perks you get access to, like uh, access to the amp-only phone lines, the amp-only forum and chat room, all those details at amp. FreeTalkLive. dot com as we return to Sean in Illinois. Sean talking about uh, basically helping Americans understand that they're losing their liberties and a few other things that uh, you were touching on. I just wanted to sort of uh, give you a little more of a chance to expound on that, Sean.
10: Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, uh, first off, I, I just want to invite everyone uh, to our website. It is MakeTheStand. dot com, and uh, that's the site that uh, I've been working on along with others, including Edna Lane, um, it was, uh, you know, they came up with the idea, too, and and, um, and helped me a lot, and they've been working on it, and I, I would like to get the chance to continue working on it with them. Anyhow, um, you uh, I, I want to touch back to something really important, and, and that is uh, that the only legitimate form of government is a government by your consent, and this is an individual thing. It's not your parents' consent, your grandparents' consent, your great-grandparents' consent. It doesn't matter what, you know, hunk of earth, you, uh, you were born on in this world. You are equal, and you are not under any government unless it is by your consent, unless you go into a contract, and it has to be um, completely disclosed. You have to know everything, and you have to know what you're doing, and it has to be by your consent.
0: Right, that's the way um, it should be, but it hasn't been that way forever.
10: Well, well, yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that is the the only legitimate form of government, and yeah. if we can start showing Americans this, Um, I do believe that most Americans would not want to be under this government. Um, Most Americans do not agree with the war. Most Americans suspect um, that the government has not been being truthful with us. And most Um, Americans are scared to death.
0: Most Americans are frightened when when. For instance when my mom, you know, found out about my belief system and what we were doing in New Hampshire, she got she got frightened when Toby, uh, our Tuesday night co-host, you know, his mother found out. She got scared. And the reaction of fear from Americans in regards to what are you guys doing? You're challenging the government, you're standing up for freedom? They're getting scared because they know how violent the government is. They know how dangerous it is, and they've been cowed. They've been uh, frightened to death by this uh, this overarching state that we have in this country, and they don't know what to do. About it, and when somebody says, "I'm going to do something about it," they get frightened for that individual because they know what the government could do to you. And it's... yeah, and,
10: and you know, most, most people do. Um, most people do know what's going on subconsciously. They do, and if we can speak to people subconscious and and get it out so that they acknowledge the truth, acknowledge what is happening, acknowledge the situation we're in, then I think um, then I think people will be more willing to um, to make the decisions necessary. I
0: agree. It's all about communication. It's all about spreading our ideas and uh, and doing it in an effective way to where people where it's uh it's saleable, where it's something that people want to hear and want to listen to and understand.
2: Well, I think also you need to have something uh, you need, need to be able to point to an example that works and I think that in a lot of ways the Free State project is uh, is that
0: example. Sean, your thoughts?
10: Oh yeah, yeah. I I I'm actually uh, I'm a member of the Free State project. I'm, I'm well, stuck in Illinois right Sean. now for a number of uh reasons um Legal reasons included, and uh, so I I haven't been able to move out there. But it is is my intention to,
0: and sooner rather than um, later. And and I
10: think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea to to have uh you know so many like-minded people congregate in um, you know relatively
0: small area I think the time and is now I think the time is now for freedom and liberty and and uh, it's a, we're in an unprecedented age of information where information can travel at the uh, you know the blink of an eye and uh, people are are coming across this message like they never have in the past and it's a persuasive one the the message of liberty is the right message it's the morally correct message it's the message oh, of sure. right and wrong not left and right and <laughs> to uh,
10: um and, and it speaks to people on a level that, uh, you know, it, it, it's beyond race, it's beyond religion, it's beyond color, ethnicity. It doesn't matter what country you, you are in, what language you speak. It doesn't matter. Um, we speak truth. Um, you know, like if you, if you go to our website, com.
0: All right. That's enough plugs. Plug you got to advertise. Okay. 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 Okay.
10: okay. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with, pl- with plugs. But, uh, the, the truth is a universal language. And it's, and it's, you know, it doesn't require your intellect. It, it doesn't require any any higher thought it, it's, it's in our spirit we are born with a sense of truth that we know who we are and what we are um, there's a lot we don't know but there's the simple truth is what we do know.
0: Thank you, Sean. And I think that's great. It's very inspirational. And keep up the good work. We appreciate hearing from you. And as far as his comment on the truth, I think he's right about that. I think that once you've revealed even just a little bit of the truth, once someone has seen just that, you know, just like you're turning the page toward the truth, it's it's interesting. You kind of grasp it. You want to see what's on the rest of those pages. You want to learn what the, the truth is.
2: I think I think that the uh, truth of liberty does in fact um, affect people. And the only arguments that people make against the truth of liberty is utilitarian ones that won 't work we can 't have a private fire department because that won 't work we can't it 's
0: always been this way, so
2: right we can 't have um, people educate themselves because kids are you know we can 't uh, have people pay for their kids' own education because that won 't work there's a also lot based of, out of fear that won't yeah it 's right. all based on fear, so you need to have um, some kind of working examples of things that uh, do, in fact, work, freedom and liberty that do work. Which and, is why uh,
0: it's great to be able to say, and we do have some of those examples, which is why it's great to be able to say, for instance, uh, here in Keene, New Hampshire, there's no government garbage pickup. Right. A lot of people think that that's something that it has to be that in way. In Houston, Texas, they don't have any zoning. Yep, exactly right. So we, we're sort of co- uh, we're collecting all of these neat examples from mm-hmm. around the country, and uh, and they work, and we're proving it. Let's go to the phones, talk to Mac in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Mac. Mac in Montana.
11: How you doing this evening, there, gentlemen?
0: Super, Mac. What's on your mind?
11: Well, you guys were talking a little bit ago about uh, that one one guy called in about anarchists and free market uh, security. Yes. Uh, I I I I'm scratching my head here. I'm pretty sure the Second Amendment still applies. The problem is that the government is taking away the Second Amendment from us in little bitty pieces. They sure has. And what and the second amendment was for you to always be in protection of yourself. That's that's your God given right to be able to protect yourself. Right,
2: because the police aren't going to protect you. Really, all they well, are is is a government cleanup service.
11: They're, they're, they either they either make the mess or they clean the mess up. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: they shoot the wrong person in many cases. Hey, Matt, can you open carry in Montana? Pardon? Can you open carry a weapon in Monca- uh, Montana?
11: Yes, you can, but you can't go into some establishments. You can't go into the courthouse. You can't go into the police station with them. Well, now it's well, all
0: right if a private business owner wants to restrict you from doing that. That's their private property, so that's you know that's right. understandable.
11: That is, that's fine. But there are you know a lot of places just say please you know un, you know take your clip out un, you know unload it before you carry it in. Mm-hmm. It's still on you, you might have your you know bullets in your pocket, but. You know, I mean, you still can do that, and that, and that's what you know. That's what the Second Amendment is about. We don't need private security, we don't need the government security. Well, I, some, I hate that everybody's so afraid; it just makes me sick. It, I, I I'm
0: with you on that, but to be fair, some people do decide they need private security, and in that case, they can hire that private security. I, on the other hand, uh, am like you, Mac. I'm okay with uh, locks on my doors and an AK upstairs. You know, that's that's good but, enough for me.
11: I got in an argument once, uh, sitting at a campfire at a, uh, a place where you can, you know, rent, you know, campus spots and stuff, and everybody got together, and we were all sitting around, and this one older older lady, you know, mid-50s from Sweden, was over here, and she was telling everybody how we shouldn't have a gun, you know, we shouldn't have guns. Yeah. And I explained to her about, uh, you know, you 911, know, you know, dial 911, to get some help. Well, oh, they di- didn't get the time to uh, do anything except clean up the mess.
0: Yeah, it's, it's dial 911 and die is what it is. Matt, great call. Thank you. 800-259-9231. Hour 3 coming up. We're going to talk about the Google street cameras. People are getting upset about this. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three, and you can take control of the airways toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Freetalklive.com. Continuing with the phone calls, uh, let's go to, I believe it is Tom in Maine. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live.
12: Yeah, hey, guys. Thanks a lot. Hey, Um, what's on your mind? I've been watching watching this uh ed brown thing unfold all day i've been hearing a lot of people talk about we need to you know centralize everything and sort of have a, a this over overreaching hierarchy and some kind of chain of command and i i just don't really think that's the way to to go about things
0: are a lot of people saying that because that's an awful idea
12: yeah well i, I don't want to say a lot but certainly the idea has been floated by some um seem to be gaining some traction i mean i've been hitting a lot of websites, and listening to a lot of different radio Oh, on the web. Well, anybody and, uh, that
0: tries that approach will inevitably, come, hopefully, come to the realization that it was a waste of time. Because uh, the, the more centralized an, an activist movement is, the slower it is, uh, the, the less agile it is, the less a bit, uh, able it is to respond to, uh, when it is needed. And uh, it just becomes, I mean, it's essentially making yourself bureaucratic. Uh, I don't want to have anything to do with centralization, personally. It hasn't worked particularly well for the Libertarian Party. No.
12: No, I don't either and I think I think the evidence was was demonstrated today no. exactly why that doesn't work because we saw, you know, the the phone lines cut uh at the brown household and so if if we're all sort of relying on one network and that network is taken down then what?
4: Yeah, exactly. You know, so I think
12: I exactly. think the sort of lone wolf individual uh activism approach
0: well, it's, it's not a much necessarily way to lone. Go. It's not necessarily lone wolf. It's just individualistic and decentralized. So, for instance, um, here in New Hampshire, I am uh, involved in activism here in Keene as part of FreeKeene.com. I'm also involved with uh, NHFree.com um, and sort of also um, tied into other uh, liberty-oriented organizations here. So, you know, there are different organizations, and I can sort of pick and choose which ones I like, and and come and go as as I please, and um, and and that's. A, that's a good thing because it you know it's it's competition uh, amongst the liberty organizations for 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 interested parties and for participants and that sort of thing and that's that's a healthy thing to have in in an activist movement and and you're right the other part about um centralization and having this sort of one group that you turn to for information or activism or whatever it is that they're doing means that if they target those who are in charge of that group then the group becomes um useless. Um, whereas if you've got sort of this decentralized structure sort of, and I, I, I mean it I don't know how else to draw an example, but sort of like the terrorists, uh, sort of like insurgent groups, but without all the violence. Um, it's, you know, cells of individuals getting together on a voluntary basis to work together towards what, whatever their common goal is, but they don't have any allegiance to one another necessarily. If they don't like what's going on in their cell, they can go and form their own cell or join somebody else's cell. And when I say cells, I'm talking about different organizations and, and different uh, activities and, and activism.
12: I, I agree, and I think you I think you made the point very well, and, and maybe my lone wolf uh, terminology wasn't certainly the best, but I, I do think that's what we need to do. I mean, myself, in my town, you know, I can form my my network and hook in with you guys and, you know, get together with the free state crowd on certain issues and the, the fair tax crowd on this or the libertarian party and so on, yeah. but I just, I get really nervous when I hear people talking about these mega overarching groups because, of course, then, what, you know, what comes next but the infiltrators and the yeah. you know the people that are, that are going to take these things down and i think it just becomes much easier for us to be sort of co-opted and Silenced.
0: Centralization, um, you know, uh, centralized organizing is sort of the old world way of doing activism, you know? I mean, now we've got the Internet. Now things are becoming more decentralized by nature. And oh. to, to be centralized in a uh, more decentralized world where we can easily access one another, where we can share ideas uh, quickly and efficiently. So when you say old world, you mean pre-Internet days? Yeah. It's the old like world means like, uh, in, uh, Europe to me. Old school. I okay. mean, you know, it's, it's sort of... It's It's antiquated. It's ineffective. It it would have been... It makes more sense back when all you could do was write letters or pick up a phone to contact. Then you had to have you know somebody, some organization of uh, leaders meet to make a decision, and then they had to pick up their phones and use their phone trees to spread the message to their membership or send out a newsletter or something like that. But uh, you know that was more of, you know a 19 early 20th century sort of technique. And and beyond that, I think nowadays decentralization is the way to go. It's uh, it's quick, it's agile, and it's effective. Thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you at 800. 800- Hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to it is Brent in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey Brent. Hey Brent. Hello. What's on your mind?
13: Well, I want to talk about. I guess this kind of ties in a couple of things you've talked about tonight. Okay. The uh, I was uh, I just got here to New Hampshire actually. Congratulations. Thanks you for coming. Well, thank you. Say what? Where, where did you?
0: you Where did you turn up? Ah, uh, Dover. Oh, is that that's, uh the eastern area of New Hampshire. Yeah. Very yeah. good.
13: Um the summer at least i'm probably going to move somewhere else in new hampshire
2: later but it's it's like it's like portsmouth without all the taxes yeah
13: (laughs) i do like it here it is pretty but oh it's a little rich for my blood in this area but um
0: now are you uh, alone did you come by yourself do you have a family or a girlfriend or what's your status i
13: I have a family and i had a girlfriend but i'm here alone
0: (laughs) okay so well, hey, we'll take however many we can get at any given time. Yeah. And so, are you like rooming with other uh, free staters, or what's your uh, living situation like?
13: No, I'm uh, rooming with some uh, uh, post college students. I guess you would you would call them. Gotcha. Other people about my age. But
0: did you just find them um, from a distance, or did you already know them before you? Yeah, uh,
13: Craigslist.
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, what did it cost you? As a, you sound fairly young. How old are you? I'm 22. What did it cost you to move to New Hampshire?
13: Uh about three hundred bucks, probably,
0: right. maybe the gas maybe right,
13: yeah, I mean, yeah, i put what I own in the back of my car and drove, so
0: good for you, congratulations, <laughs> so it doesn't cost a lot. Somebody was on the air the other night. The reason I asked somebody somebody was complaining that, oh, in this day and age, it's so hard to move out of an area. How can you expect people to just move? It's not that hard, <laughs> now the more stuff you have, the more difficult it is, but if you're a young person uh I mean it's it's easy.
13: Yeah. Yeah, it's true.
0: Where but, did you come uh, from?
13: Uh I came say what? Where,
0: where did you move from?
13: Oh, Kansas City, Missouri.
0: Oh, okay. Very good. So what's your uh, what's your first step? You just arrived this week. You've been sort of I guess driving around, getting uh acquainted with the area and uh yeah. what do what do you feel like you're going to do for uh, your first uh, activism?
13: Um I don't know actually. I'm going to be uh tomorrow I'm going to call up the uh Welcome Wagon whatever the local welcome wagon person is from um from the free state project website and Right. see what see what uh, context they have what uh, what they know about this particular part of the state i've uh today i spent actually driving around uh <laughs> driving around the state i ended up getting lost somewhere up in uh, the national forest up there That's easy. the northern part of the
0: state so. Heck, it's easy to get lost in your own town when you first move here because the signage is yeah. awful. The street signs are terrible. <laughs>
2: yeah, they're yeah. not wasting tax money on the street signs in New Hampshire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so why were you calling beyond to tell us that you moved to New Hampshire? Oh,
7: well, I was actually
13: I was listening to uh, some of your podcasts uh, on the CD player while I was driving here, and there was a lot of talk, it seemed like, about violence versus nonviolence yes. um, as far as overthrowing government or downsizing government or whatever mm-hmm. um, your goals are. And I think that the way that both sides of that argument are thinking about it is somewhat uh um, off. You know, we are not fighting um this government. We're not fighting the people in this government. We're fighting the idea of government. We have to – um the reason that people will let uh, a policeman come into their house and, or come into somebody else's house – generally people get upset when it's their own house. But, you know, the reason that nobody says peep when a policeman comes into a house and points a gun at somebody who isn't threatening them – you know
4: mm-hmm.
13: uh is that they've got the special hat they have the legitimacy right the and, badge yeah that's that's what you have to fight and you don't you need to understand that you know for instance this thing with Martin Luther King versus the the Black Panthers well Martin Luther King wasn't trying to um make the government smaller he was trying to gain legitimacy for his cause um In the media and in people's minds Mm -hmm. Um, That's very, very different from trying to decrease the legitimacy of the government Um, You know, if you want to increase the legitimacy of the Free State Project in the media You know, sitting around and getting bonked on the head by police batons Is actually probably a pretty good way to do that But I don't think that that will decrease the overall legitimacy of the government It'll just make people think of us as a good group
0: Hmm, well, it, may, it might make sense. them think that the, those and particular cops are bad. Let's explore this a little more. Hang on. 800 259 9231. Destroying the aura of legitimacy. One of my favorite topics. It's free talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231 the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. That does include updates. You get signed up. We clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com.
2: Opportunistic lawyers, judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled Ex employees and meddling bureaucrats. These people want your money, home, and car. What have you done to protect yourself? At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts at sheltering your wealth. Go to KeepYourAssets.net, take their asset protection crash course today, and they'll show you how to keep your assets. That's KeepYourAssets.net. We're
0: back. It. Oh, you what? I said, I've done it. Okay, great. Uh, we're back with Brent in uh, New Hampshire. One of the new movers to New Hampshire just arrived within the last week, and we've sort of been discussing uh, the aura of legitimacy that government has, or the cloak of legitimacy uh, that it uses to disguise its violent actions. because. Libertarians, I think, tend to know that the government is really nothing but a group of people doing business at the point of a gun. And many government bureaucrats don't even realize that themselves. There are only a select group of them that actually do realize the violent nature of uh, the work that they do. And so one of the ways to reveal government's true nature of violence is to do civil disobedience and allow them to uh, to show how violent they are, like Lauren Canario and Russell Canning have so effectively done so far, and, and uh, people that are more familiar, like Gandhi, Uh, But what are some of the other ways that you had maybe thought of, Brent, that uh, that we can help uh, remove that cloak from the government?
13: Well, I actually have um, a bit of a bone to pick with that particular method because I don't think that that – that shows government for the violent animal that it is, but I don't think that does anything – to reduce the legitimacy of that violence. You know, the government doesn't have to hide its violence. It doesn't have to hide its lying. It doesn't have to hide its cheating. It's, uh, it's stealing. It doesn't have to hide any of those things. It can do it in broad daylight um, because most people see it as, as legitimate, they see it as okay that the government commits violence. You're correct. That's right. They, else. they see it and as so, okay
0: that they put uh, that they put Russell Canning in jail. Though yeah. hopefully some will say, "Hey, that's a little too much." And uh,
13: maybe maybe some will, but um, I think that, like I said, I think that sitting and getting hit in the head with batons, um, you know, while you're linking arms in front of the courthouse or something like there's a lot more to make people feel sorry for you and feel good about you, and not as much to make them. Um, see that government isn't legitimate. Basically, um, you know, like I said, uh, the the uh, parallel to the Martin Luther King and and the uh, civil rights movement, and everything. Um, you know, they, their goal wasn't to make government smaller. Their goal was to make themselves see legitimate,
0: mm-hmm.
13: see make themselves be seen as legitimate. So, are you advocating you some?
0: Are you advocating some other form of civil disobedience? Um, is that what you're well, doing?
13: Well, I I advocate. Um, well, I guess there's a couple things that I think do major, take major chunks out of the legitimacy of government. One is to replace government services with better private versions. You know, private schools, start a private school, start a private police agency, start a, um, you know, just all of these different things. You know, private defense agency, if you've got enough capital to get it going, you know, just um, basically replacing all these things that people say, well, what about, what well, you say, well, look, look how well this is working, you know, right. that just takes a huge chunk out of the legitimacy of government. Um because people see things like policing or schools being done without violence, and all of a sudden that violence looks kind of
0: yeah. But schools have been done for a long time. I mean, yeah. private schools have been around forever, yeah, and but, that hasn't you know, done a damn think thing. That
13: nobody that, that only the very rich kids will get to go to school if there aren't um, if there aren't public schools, and you know, so if there. We need to get more private schools. We need to get more private police agencies. Well, so the that trick, though, I mean, I I agree with you, Brent.
0: But to. the but the trick is, yes, you can say we need more private schools. But in the world where everyone, or for the most part, most people are conditioned to believe that they should just send their kids to the government school because they're already mm-hmm. paying for it, that's a hard uh, that's a hard thing to sell to people. Um, it'd be yeah. better if we could somehow uh, convince them to get rid of the government schools in the <laughs> first place, because then the market really would respond with the necessary private schools required. It's just very difficult to get out there and start up a private school that's going to be able to compete uh, at a uh, you know an affordable rate in, in this current day and age with the government semi-monopoly that they have. Yeah. Um, so you're talking uh, about destroying legitimacy. You're talking about destroying government's legitimacy, but I feel yeah. like you're sort of getting ahead of yourself in that you can't do a lot of these things until you've already effectively uh, destroyed government's uh, monopolies and that sort of thing.
13: Well there's another um uh method i ha- i think that would work or does work very well actually to make government look um like the ridiculous fumbling beast it is mm. basically um you know things like this aqua teen scare
4: that <laughs> yeah. makes
13: government just look ridiculous, it makes them look like this the the incompetent boobs they are yeah basically. absolutely. And, um, you know anything <laughs> you know, even if it's something as simple as going around and um you know putting a little flyer on all of the stop signs that says Haunted to hate taxes" or something like that, you know, basically just doing little things that make that show that you know you can you know you can kind of basically thumbing your nose at the government yeah. publicly and getting away with it. The thing is you don't want people to know who you are we I think what we need is a movement without leaders. Because we have leaders, we're going to end up with, you know, the American Revolution. Yeah, we were fighting to rid ourselves of the tyrannical government, but then, what is it, five, ten years later, one of the major leaders of the revolution was leading an army against the Whiskey Rebellion.
0: That's yeah. George
4: Point.
13: Washington was leading an
0: army against the Whiskey Rebellion. We certainly have our work cut out for us, and I think yeah. that as you're here in New Hampshire and networking with other liberty-minded individuals, that will help with the whole uh, the, the the brainstorming process. I presume you're going to be attending Porkfest in a few days? Yeah. Now, that's going to be a great experience for you, getting around hundreds of other individuals who think the same way and throw those ideas out there to them, and they're going to bounce some back to you. And, and we're going to find some real effective ways to uh, to remove the cloak of legitimacy. And I think, of course, one of those effective ways is by, um, you know, getting in control of the media as much as we possibly can, infiltrating yeah. into there like we're doing here on Free Talk Live. And thanks for the suggestions. Call us again sometime. Sure. We appreciate it, man. And congratulations on moving to New Hampshire. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 I, I think that's awesome. Three hundred bucks is what it cost him to move up here, and it's the cost of uh, the, was the cost of gas It doesn't cost that
2: much. I'm still stuck on whether George Washington in fact re- led the risky, whiskey rebellion or not. He said
0: one of them. I don't think he think he, he's, yeah, he, he was was there. specified eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one one thing's for sure liberty oriented people together in one place that is here in New Hampshire as part of the free State project are going to come up with some of the most awesome radical. Um, inspiring, original ideas to help spread the message of freedom. Probably some that have never been proffered before, or some certainly that have never been attempted before. And I think having all these people together, working in so many different ways in that sort of decentralized mode, is really going to uh, come to fruition in some amazing ways within the next five to ten years. In fact, uh, let's see what Dennis in New Hampshire has to say about that. Dennis, you're on Free Talk Live.
14: Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, dude. Well, there's a whole bunch of interesting stuff happening in, in New Hampshire. One one thing that's not uh, been talked about this evening is the constitutional crisis we're in right now.
4: Oh, oh gosh.
14: Mm. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? T- talking about the legitimacy of, of government, um, one of the branches of our government, the judiciary, specifically our Supreme Court, has decided that um, they can make laws, which is kind of weird. They, they've gone ahead and told the legislature – that they have to write a law telling uh telling everybody what an adequate education is or and that else they what? have What what if they That's don't That's the question. Let them enforce it. Where where are the guns? Yeah, are they going to arrest all the legislators? Unfortunately, too many of the legislators think that they can be told what to do. It's very scary for them.
0: Well, they want to be told what to do. Dennis, let's bring you back. Uh, You can explain this a little bit more on the way. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves as well. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. So enjoy those on us, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version as well, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festivals, better known as Porkfest, June 18th through the 24th. That's coming up. At Porkfest, you'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars, talk with New Hampshire natives and those who've made the move, and hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Dennis is on the line from New Hampshire, one of the Free State Project members, and Dennis, I presume you will be attending Porkfest. Dennis? Is Dennis there still? Dennis? Here I am. There he is. Are you going to Porkfest? Yeah, you bet I'm
14: attending Porkfest. In fact, here's a plug. The weekend before Porkfest, June 17th, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance is having our big yearly thing that we do, uh, our dinner. So I'd invite anyone to go to NHLiberty.org and get the details there.
0: Spiffy, so you were talking to us about uh, the situation here in New Hampshire. You described it as a constitutional crisis, and we just barely scratched the surface. What is going on?
14: So... Basically, the, the Supreme Court said that you legislators, you have to write a law that determines what an adequate education is, and then you've got to pay for it. And this is mostly because New Hampshire's constitution doesn't explicitly say that the state will provide an education, and that got some
2: it people really upset. I it certainly doesn't. I mean, it I've totally read the does. whole thing. It's not there.
14: Absolutely not. And you know, a guy who is just super knowledgeable about this is Gardner Goldsmith, your sometime co-host. Mm-hmm. The guy That's is right. like a, a genius on this stuff. But anyways, something happened just this Wednesday. They were, what they did in their deviousness, they decided to have two completely unrelated pieces of legislation. One would say, this is what we define a proper education to be. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mention at all how much it costs or where the money comes from. And then another one, completely separate, that this is where the money goes for education, completely independent of how much needs to be raised for what. Okay. Which, if you think about it, it's like, okay, well, I've decided I'm, I need a Maserati, and I have no idea how I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> you know I mean? It's, it's pretty crazy. And the really wacky thing is they passed the law that said this is what we define an education to be. Okay. But they failed to pass the piece of law that says this is how we plan to pay for it.
0: Oh, and how much that,
14: of it we plan to pay for.
0: What does that mean, Dennis?
14: That is a damn good question.
2: Well, it's an unfunded mandate.
14: Oh, yeah, ideally, right? And, and unfunded mandates, by the way, are complete. It's it actually the terms unfunded mandate and the fact that you can't do that is in our Constitution. Right. But no one's, you know, well, people have tried to bring that up pro pro-liberty legislators have held up the constitution in these hearings and said this is an unfunded mandate you cannot pass this law and the, the people who don't care about the constitution have said oh yeah whatever and unfortunately right now the people in control of our legislature are the ones who do not care about the constitution mm. right
0: well what is that so, i st- i guess i still don't understand what's going to happen now i mean if if they passed an unfunded mandate a mandate and that's unconstitutional then isn't it subject to challenge in the court
14: it is, but because this court is so screwed up, because they came up with this thing that's oh, not it's in the Oh, the Constitution same court. The you'd you'd be
0: challenging it in the same court that mandated it in the first place.
14: They're going to go ahead and say, okay, well, you have to fund it. So now it'll be funded. See?
0: Oh, my mm. goodness, Dennis. This is a mess.
14: Yeah, it, it's a real mess, and no one quite knows what's going to happen. Um, certainly there is the possibility, and there are some people who would love to use this as an excuse for an income or sales tax. They're talking about suspending all the rules in the House. They're talking about, you know, even though they had a vote, bringing the vote back until they vote to get it, you know, until they vote the right way. Oh, gosh. I mean, really scary stuff. That's what so, they do.
0: That's what they're doing out here in uh, the Keene area. I think it's what was it, Westmoreland, Mark, or uh, Marlborough? One, one Marlboro. of the uh, little towns around here. They keep bringing the same damn uh, ballot measure onto the ballot, and the voters keep voting it down, and the bureaucrats keep getting to put it back on. It's happened eight times now within a matter of uh, a certain. I think what the last year or so. It's nuts.
14: One of the pro-liberty legislators, who's one of my favorites, a guy named Ingridson who is. Uh, He's the kind of guy that's in favor of legalizing marijuana and a bunch of other really good things. He suggested just putting in the Constitution exactly what we have today, as in your local town decides what's adequate, and then your local town figures out how to pay for it and problem solved. But unfortunately, that didn't get a whole lot of traction, so –
0: well, I guess the only solution here, at least until we figure out what's going on or what's going, how it's all going to play out, is to encourage as many free staters to run for uh, for state rep as, as possible in 2008, wouldn't you say?
14: Oh, definitely. You know, people were talking just now about infiltration. The, the problem that we're going to have here, at least in the immediate term, is not being infiltrated. The problem we're going to have is having enough people who are actually lit enough and doing enough to make a difference to where it even is worthwhile infiltrating. Mm. Um, having having free staters who are really active, who are really making the phone calls, who are running for office, who are putting the pressure on, getting you know doing all the stuff that you guys do, that's that's really the bigger concern that I would have.
0: Well, we're gonna we're certainly gonna have more people in 2008 than we have uh, than we're going to have this year, and more free staters who the the early movers who've been living here longest, people like you, um, ha- are going to be qualified to run for a uh, state rep because you have to live in New Hampshire for two years before you can do that, but. One of the, This is one of the reasons why New Hampshire was chosen as the Free State, free State Project uh, selection because the legislature is so large. There's 400-plus members in the New Hampshire legislature, and uh, that means that the districts that they represent are very, very small. And so, therefore, it's very easy to mount an effective campaign for a very small amount of money. Therefore, we really could get some, uh, some free, more Free Staters elected because we've already elected one of them.
14: Oh, absolutely. You know, in, in this state, it really, it boils down to how many of your neighbors know who you are and know you're not a nutbag. Right. So literally just going door to door, hello, I'm your neighbor and I'm, you know, I'm not a And I'm not a nutbag.
0: Right, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out here in uh, 2007 this year, because as you know, Dennis, uh, here in Keene, New Hampshire, we are going to be running some candidates for city council, um, which, you know, once again, very small uh, districts, very fairly easy to run these campaigns and uh, and you're absolutely right um this this area is so small that everybody a lot of people know a lot of other people and as long as you're a friendly individual who's sort of you know known in public to some extent you've got a good shot at winning and i think that we might actually be able to put someone in the city council this year
14: you know what's what i found is that a lot of the ones who are i would call them the lawyer types or the the sort of constitutional threat types mm-hmm. they very often really don't Try to contact and listen to their constituents. They try to tell them what they're going to do mm-hmm. so it it's been really effective for the people who have been elected into local office to publish their phone number all over the place in the newspaper and wherever like hey i 'm thinking of running for office you got to tell you know tell me what you think. what right. bugs you? My phone number is blah, and people some of them who are scared to death, oh my God, those free Staters are coming, and we 're all going to have a k forty sevens on our backs so and there 's going to be no driving laws. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who are really whacked out about that, when they see like, wow, you know, this person put their phone number right there in the paper and I called and they just had a chat with me about, you know, traffic congestion or whatever. They go, you know, I'm going to vote for that person because they listen to me.
0: I think you're right about that, Dennis. Any other thoughts for us? Nope. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hmm. hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I know that uh, on Free Minds TV, which is one of the local cable access television shows that's produced here in Keene by our friends Toby, on our uh, two, one of our Tuesday night co-hosts, is uh, is involved in that show. At the end of their show, they put their phone number up. Um, they put the phone number of one of the guys on the show right there up on the screen, and he gets call calls. Him. He gets calls from people. I bet. Um, so, and that's valuable because it it shows that you really are interested in hearing what those people have to say. And and I totally understand that because when, especially once a politician gets elected. It all of a sudden becomes next to impossible to talk to them. Right, now, they're busy. Oh, now, too busy this, to talk to you. Now hold on, it's not the same here in New Hampshire as it is everywhere else. In in every, at least down in Florida where we come from, you can't talk to your representatives. There are aides and uh, you know gatekeepers. Right, and people they never that you do that. To, the people that you have to get through. Here in New Hampshire, you can actually pick up the phone and call your representative at his house, most of them. But the state senators are a little more insulated. Uh, the senator that we have in this area. Was all accessible to the public when she was running for office, but try to get her return a phone call now doesn't happen. 800 259 9231. So we just need to put some good people uh, into the race. I know a lot of people don't think that politics is the way to win. I think it's a combination of factors, uh, but I think it'd be silly to ignore this venue. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. If you make it now, 800-259-9231, SACL, CAI, toll-free line. That's one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. You like the website? You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Then go and buy some stuff. At Amazon.freetalklive.com. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest internet retailer. You probably have bought some something from them in the past. I mean, if you're online, odds are good of that because they've got 41 categories. Uh, everything from their huge book selection to uh, their equally huge DVD collection and, and uh, furniture and sporting goods and baby stuff and accessories and clothing. and Man, you name it, they pretty much sell it at Amazon. But what I want you to do is go through our link, which is amazon.freetalklive.com. Easy to remember, amazon.freetalklive.com, because if you enter through that link, then Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. You're going to do the shopping anyway. You have to shop to live. So you might as well shop at amazon.freetalklive.com, and a uh, percentage of your purchase will be sent our way, which is uh, that's a good thing. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. It's Brandon in Indiana. Hey, Brandon. Hey, guys. Uh, I mind? just
15: wanted to uh, mark your uh, initial uh, reaction to hesitation about washington leading the risk whiskey rebellions right because he was he actually signed into law the whiskey tax
2: right and so, I, I looked <laughs> it up on Wiki, um, wikipedia and we could go over it uh um in long form if if you'd like but apparently he just ordered it and then okay yeah Henry I, mean, I just wanted i was all,
15: also curious about this initiative you guys were talking about what, what what are they trying to pass like eight times a year
7: what are they
2: Oh um in, in in Marlborough, which is a city that borders Keene um, city it's a town okay, uh-huh. yeah pardon yeah. me it's a municipality that borders Keene um they want the, the the bureaucrats very badly want a new school and um so they've tried for i think it was <laughs> 7 uh votes oh, and man. um in the last year and been shot down 7 times by the voters, and the voters, uh, you know, the ones that are voting it down are just irate. You know, yeah. it's going to raise their tax rate. It's going to cost a lot of money, and, Absolutely. and they have to balance the books on these local municipalities. They can't just go into debt like the government can, because it's printing, uh, like the federal government can. Yeah, the it federal prints government money. prints the money. <laughs> right, so oh. it's it's crazy, but they've they've done it.
15: Yeah, it sounds familiar. I've we we dealt with crap like that in our in our local community. Um, I know uh, um, if if anything ever breaks down. Mm-hmm. they want to replace it. They don't want to fix it. Right. Or they want to replace it and then have money to build a whole new entire section onto the school. Like if there's a leak or a broken window, they want to want to replace all the windows or replace the <laughs> entire – it's just an absolute waste of money, and they don't even fix it in the first place. Um, but what I, what I was calling for was zoning laws. I was curious if you guys – um if i run for office i'm certainly going to run on a platform of eliminating zoning laws mm-hmm. and i think that's a reasonable platform that anybody any libertarian who wants to um uh, have any type of success in office could could advocate the Oh, i don't
2: pl- know i don't know if i agree that uh, that, that that's a great platform why to run not? on why not
15: why not a lot of platforms well i learners. think it's pretty sane it's it's better than going around and saying oh, i privatize the schools and i mean obviously these are good platforms but i think zoning is probably one of the most sane Ideas. I yeah, eliminating training. Training.
2: zoning. Now, now New New H- hold on. New Hampshire isn't um, Santa Cruz, California, where we have a lot of problems. People deal with a lot of problems from uh, zoning He officers. lives in yeah. Indiana. It, I'm just saying. Right. You know, the, the, the thing is, is there's not a lot of problems with zoning as far as people don't deal with zoning on a regular basis here. And I think if you say, I'm going to get rid of the zoning rules, they're going to imagine, like the crazy people do, that somebody's going to put a dump in next door to their
0: um, house. Well, the central planners are going to try to... To, uh, to they're going to plant those ideas in people's heads. They're, I mean, they're going to be your biggest opposition on that. You know
15: what, exactly, and you're right. And it's up to us to combat that. And that's why I'm wondering if you guys know of any examples of a city without zoning.
2: Houston. Houston is uh, why, Okay,
15: I thought Houston was one of those. That's and why now, Houston's, so you know great, Houston's an even better example
2: because it contained inside of Houston, which uh, I believe expanded to its entire county limits, um are other municipalities that um, do have zoning laws, and their property values haven't gone up
0: as quickly as Houston's have. I wish I well, could that's, remember.
15: That's, that's just a great example there. It that. is.
0: Right. That's why I say that zoning's a good issue, because a lot of homeowners have been affected by it. And, yeah, uh, uh, in and Indiana,
15: it, it certainly is an issue. I know in my, um, in my hometown, in, in the county, uh, there, a guy had a business, and it burnt down. Right. And um, he said, well, I want to get this thing put right back up so I don't have to let go of my employees. Well, he was grandfathered in. And so now, in order to build this thing, he'd have to get the law changed. They'd have to make special exceptions. Oh, no. oh they won't do that. And so he had to end up firing his employees because he wasn't mm-hmm. allowed to build something on his own land. And that type of thing, it really gets public go- the public going it affects and, uh, a lot
0: of business owners as well. And because there are examples of places without zoning, it's not a totally pie-in-the-sky concept. It's something exactly. that you can point to. I think to. it's a
15: very reasonable um, concept that people can really cling on to. And, and, and you know, um, I I think all libertarian is – gr- it's, a, it's a great idea. It's a great ide- ideology. Well, it's a philosophy you should, of liberty. you should though, Brandon. But there are certain aspects of libertarianism that um, tend to um, – people, And I think zoning is one of those aspects that does not scare people.
0: Well, I'm sure you're, well, you'll certainly find out when you actually run, but I think that you also need to, if you haven't thought about this yet already, probably have, but you also need to come up with one or two other key campaign issues as well. Oh, and yeah. I, to, I mean,
15: I'm, I'm not considering running right now. Right. This is just something that... I would certainly put on my platform. You got to have certainly something else that's going to
0: appeal to different other other different segments of voters as well. So maybe yeah. uh, you know marijuana decriminalization for the younger set, or um, parking. Uh, for instance, here in Keene, the parking meters are everywhere, right? And yeah. everyone hates them,
2: right? <laughs> everybody, everybody but a bureaucrat hates a parking meter. Everybody but a meter maid hates a parking meter. Yeah. Yeah, and a, I think that, know, that well, uh, parking true. meters are something you can definitely get people on the other side. I'm not sure about zoning. You don't have me um, convinced on that one. Um, I think another thing that you you can definitely run on is lower property taxes. Everybody oh, no doesn't kidding. like writing that check, and uh, if you it's just fact- make them a promise of that, then hey, look, I made you the promise of lower property taxes. I didn't say that I was going to pull money out of my butt and pay for everything that it, um, you know, everything that the the city wants. We got to cut costs. We got to cut spending here.
15: Here is a perfect example of government waste.
2: Now I can't source this, and I'm
15: I'm not 100 percent sure that it's true, but I, I think it is. And in Indiana. It costs more to collect the property tax than we actually make in property tax. <laughs> the Republicans tried to get rid of the property tax and just go to an income tax, but the Democrats voted against it. Hmm. I don't know why. I that can't remember what the reasoning was.
4: Yeah, that is And strange. if
15: anybody wants to call in and correct me on that, you're more than welcome to. I'd like to know for sure.
0: So now, Brandon, but, um, uh, hey, I'll
15: let you guys go. Brandon, Great you're still in, you.
0: you're still in college there in uh, in Indiana, right? Yeah, I am. How much more time you have there?
15: Um, maybe two or three years. I'm just not entirely sure.
0: Are you coming to New Hampshire after that?
15: Uh, I'd like to, but, you know, it, everybody has their priorities. It uh, depends on where I can find a
0: teaching job, too. So. Oh, you're going to be a teacher. Okay. Yeah, I am. history well, teacher. I'm hoping that we can uh, take over the university here in Keene and uh, turn it from a socialist indoctrination center into a free market university. So That would knows? be
15: a great um, advancement.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate a- hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Well, I had a great story, and I'm going to hold it because it is so great. Uh, it's a commentary piece from Wired by this guy that is very upset, very upset about the Google Street View mm-hmm. thing that they're doing, and uh, it's just outrageous. But in the meantime, we'll do a quick story about the Mennonites. Uh, this one from MSNBC apparently in Missouri, the Mennonite community in Huntsville are planning to move to Arkansas over a Missouri requirement that all drivers be photographed if they want a license. The okay. Mennonites, uh, that uh, let's see, they are a plain living sect whose members are similar to the Amish but usually more worldly in that they'll use a car if necessary. Right. Say the 2004 law conflicts with the biblical prohibition against the making of graven images. What? Now, uh, the, the, the,
2: I wouldn't. I've never heard of any Mennonites getting uh, upset about driver's license. These guys are going to
0: move out of the state. They're so upset, they can do whatever they want. Irvin Crop, a bearded, overall-wearing grocer whose market draws customers from miles around for their fresh milk, brown eggs, and spices, uh, he said, "We want to respect our government. We're not trying to fight them, but we still have our beliefs." He said he's looking to sell his store. He said if he can't find a buyer, he'll stay in Missouri but rely on someone else to bring in supplies. Around Huntsville, community members say more than a dozen families altogether are preparing to move south to Arkansas, where state law offers a religious exemption to the photo requirement. Other Mennonite enclaves uh, are also facing a similar dilemma. Missouri had an exemption similar to Arkansas for more than 30 years that changed in the security crackdown after September 11th. So for for 3 decades they didn't require uh there was a religious exemption for and the And there's always been a, then
2: there's been a lot of terrorist problems in Missouri <laughs> in that 30 years. <laughs> Lots of
0: many Mennonites in Missouri find that ex- uh, acceptable and plan to stay put. Uh, let's see now those who have who object to the photo requirement can have their pictures left off their licenses, but photos must remain on file with the state. So there's sort of the halfway point there. A hmm. uh, spokesperson for the department, spokesperson for the Department of Revenue overseeing uh, overseeing the driver's license says, while her agency is sympathetic, quote, "We are the administrator." Not the creator of state law. Oh, so yes. Like that, the cops, right? Right. You know, that, that, just,
2: that worked for the not Nazis at Nuremberg, too. We're lady. just
0: doing our jobs. So there you go. So the uh, driver's licenses are getting more and more uh, restrictive. And as a result, the poor Mennonites, they're, they're kind of upset about that. They mm. never, I mean, the Mennonites, they're not hurting anybody. How many of the terrorists in, in history have been Mennonites? It's just absurd. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. All right, we're done, and we'll be back Monday, but we'll still have live programming Friday and Saturday, so stick with us and online at freetalklive.com.